you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church. Church, we're going to be, we're going to be in a, we're going to be here in John today. Well, we're going to take up two, two sets of scriptures here in John chapter 16. And I believe maybe John chapter nine. But we're going to be picking, we're going to be picking up where we left off uh, last week, I believe it was, where the Lord asked me this question. He said, must you see it to believe it? Must you see it come to pass before you believe it? Must you see your healing take place before you receive it? Must you see the revival take place before you know you're in it? Must you, must you see that you're prospered before you actually believe you already have it? Must you see these things? And this came out of, out of John chapter, chapter 4, I believe it was, where this, the, the Samaritan, the woman at the well, was, uh, you know, Jesus came and he spoke to her, and he, you know, and, or she came to him, actually, as he was at the well, and he said, give me a drink of water. Amen. She said, well, you know, why don't you, why don't you get it for yourself? He goes, why, why she started talking? Why were you even talking to me? You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. What, 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 what are you even talking to me for? He said, well, if you knew who you're talking to, Amen. You would know that he would, I would have given you living water and you never would have thirst again. And of course, that piqued up her interest. She said, man, I want this living water. I want this living water. And he said, all right, well, come get it. First, go get your husband. And she said, well, I don't have a husband. He said, you're absolutely right. You've had five of them. And the one you're living with right now is not your husband either. She said, whoo, I can tell you're a prophet. Amen. I can tell you're a prophet. Amen. Where are we supposed to worship? We worship over there on, on Mount Moriah or Mount, on Mount Gerizim. Where, 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 where do we worship? You, you, y'all, the Jews say this, Samaritans say this. You know, and what, what do you say? He goes, well, you, you know, in this day now, you know, we're going to be worshiping in spirit and truth. The day is coming and the day is right now where you'll worship the God. You'll worship God in spirit and you'll worship him in truth. Amen. And she said, well, Messiah will tell me these things. And he just laid it out for her. He said, I am he. Amen. That speak into your and instantly faith rose up on the inside of him for the words that he spoke. And what she do? She went to the town, started telling everybody. People started believing her words, started receiving him as Messiah, and the whole city started coming out to visit him. And it said that that all of the multitudes began to believe, not just because of what she said, but because of the words that came out of his mouth. Powerful. Not, not one miracle, not one healing, not raising one person from the dead, but just speaking a word. Amen. These people were so hungry, so thirsty for the things of God that they immediately just grabbed a hold of it and walked with it. And then, then he left there. He stayed there for a couple days with them. And then he went down to, 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 uh, to Judea, I think maybe in, in Galilee. Amen. Where, where, the, where the miracle of the, of the water turning into wine is. And, and a man came up to him that had to be a witness of this miracle. And he, he came to him and said, listen, will you, come to, will you come to my house and heal my son? And Jesus instantly got irritated. He said, why do you always got to see a miracle before you're going to believe? Not that he didn't want to heal his son. But why can't you just come to me and allow me to speak a word and know that this, know that your, you know, that your child is going to be healed? Amen. He said, just go your way. Go your way. Your child's healed. So the man turned around and walked off and he, he came to the place he found. He found his son healed. 
Amen. Then he believed. Amen. He believed it was on the exact time when Jesus spoke these words. Now, now, why are the Jews so different? Why were they so different than the than the than the uh, than, than the Samaritans here? Amen. I mean, listen, the Jews. Listen, aren't these people that had a history with the presence of God? I mean, these people had a history of the presence of God. They had a foundation of the presence of God. Listen, they lived in miracles. I mean, their grandfathers and great-grandfathers would have, would have seen a sea part, you know, bread coming down from the heaven, you know, waters pouring out, you know, uh, out of rocks and, you know, and nations, you know, walking away, getting destroyed by, 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 by shepherds. The wealth of the wicked, you know, being, being stored up and given to the righteous. They walked out with all the wealth of Egypt. They saw these miracles take place. But why were they always a people, amen, that had to see it before they were going to believe? They had to see a sign before they were going to believe it. When they had such a history and a foundation of these things taking place. Amen. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll answer you like Jesus usually answers. I'll answer you with a question. Why did these things take place? Well, why, why were the Jews like this? Well, well, I'll say, why is the modern church like this? I mean, why, why is the modern church, why do we, why do we always have to, to see, you know, why do we have to see our healings before we actually believe that Jesus is a healer? Why do you have to see the revival going, going in the city before you know revival is already there? Why do, we have to, why do we have to see our bank account getting expanded before we actually know that God has already prospered us? Hmm? Why do we have to see the answer to our prayer before we believe God's in it? Why, why, do, why do we have to be in this position? Well, I'll say, it's, I believe the modern church is a lot like the, the, the Jews of old, the Jews of the past. I think we've gotten so in such a relationship with knowledge that we don't have a relationship with Yahweh anymore. You say, what do I mean by that? Listen, we have so much knowledge. We have the ability to, to, to get so much knowledge nowadays that we, that we get in a relationship with the knowledge of knowing about him instead of knowing who he is. I mean, you can get on the internet, and I think what what do they say? What the, the estimate that you can that what you can learn in a week today, what, the information you can intake today, would have taken you what ten years in the past to grab a hold of. I mean, why? Because you can get anything you want to know. You can get a bunch of rubbish on the internet, and you can get some good stuff on the internet. I mean, but you can just sit there and fill and fill and fill and fill and fill. You can listen to podcast messages over and over and over. You don't, you know, it's not just one message a week or or one message a day. You can, I'm telling you, you can listen to thirty a day if you so choose. I mean, there, there's so much, you know, knowledge out there for us, but have we, have we gotten more in tune with this knowledge than we actually have about him? I mean, so we, so we have a bunch of knowledge, amen, but, but do we still have to see it to believe it? We got a lot of knowledge, but do we know him? Hmm? I'll ask you this question. Do you believe that you can walk on water. Hmm? I mean, now do you really believe it? Not because you've heard me preach on it before because I've preached several messages on it, but, but do you actually believe that you can go walking on water? I mean, I certainly believe I can. I mean, not, not, not because I've done it, not because I've seen Claire do it. Not because I've seen Cynthia do it. Not even because I put my eyes on Jesus and saw him do it. I believe it because Jesus said I can do it. 
I mean, he gave me the word that said I can do it. This is part of that John chapter 14, verse 12, that he said that the works I do, you shall do also. Even greater works than these shall you do because I go unto the Father. Jesus said, listen, you can look at my word. You can look at, at, at the word I, I prepared for you. And anything you can find in there, I did. I give you permission to do it yourself. But don't stop there. Because even greater things are going to be coming. I'm going to ask you to do greater things than these. Why? Because I'm going to the Father and I'm giving you Holy Spirit. I mean, see, there, you know, down in Central America, down in Central America, I think it's somewhere in Southern Mexico, maybe down into Costa Rica or Belize or somewhere around there, they have this, they have this lizard down there. It's an amazing, it's a fascinating lizard. They call it the Jesus lizard. I can't remember what the, the proper name for it is, but everyone calls it the Jesus lizard. I mean, you say, why is it? It's, it's a lizard that's about two and a half feet long. So about, so about yay long, you know, probably including its tail. Amen. And what happens when a predator comes against it? It'll stand up on its back legs and it'll begin to take off across the water, start running. Now, how in the world does that take place? How in the world does this lizard, amen, begin to walk on water? It's not, it, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't have duck's feet. I mean, how, how, how does this take place? Well, I'll tell you how it doesn't take place. I mean, the lizard doesn't go and start measuring his feet and seeing how much webbing he has between his feet. He doesn't take, check the density or the temperature of the water. He didn't, he didn't see if gravity is still pretty strong today. He didn't take his weight or his height and start doing calculations and say, you know what, I didn't eat that much this week. I think I can go run across the water. You know what that lizard does? It knows that God has spoken something on the inside of that lizard that when a predator comes, he don't think about anything except there's water right there. I'm going to take, take off running across it. Matter of fact, I'm going to live around water systems. Why? Because I know, I just, I just have a knowing on the inside of me that I can take off and do what my creator said I can do. Amen, church, I'm telling you, sometimes we, we're going to have to get to be more like this lizard. I mean, instead of trusting in knowledge, trusting in what man has said, trusting in what parents have said, what religion has told us, and just begin to believe what Jesus has spoken to our hearts, what Jesus has spoken to us through his word, and allow those things to become manifest in our life. So we don't have to just see it, and then we'll believe it. But we'll begin to believe it, and then we'll see these things come into manifestation. I mean, maybe then we'll get a nickname, like maybe the Jesus people. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, man, those people, they're just like Jesus over there. Maybe if we start doing the same things Jesus did, maybe we'll get a nickname like the lizard. Amen. People start, people start calling us the Jesus people. Hallelujah. Amen. See, in, in, in the kingdom of God reality, church, in the kingdom of God reality, we need to learn to lean in our relationship with Jesus. We need to learn to, to lean into that relationship with him. We need to learn to lean into the relationship with the word. We need to learn to lean into this relationship with the Holy Spirit and not necessarily into knowledge, but allow that leaning into the word, leaning into the spirit, leaning into his presence, allow it to create the knowledge on the inside of us. Allow it to speak to us, allow it to, to give us a foundation, not the knowledge that we have begin to create who our God is. I mean, I'm telling you, that's, that's a really dangerous place to be in. I mean, and we're, and we're in a lot of the church nowadays. This is where we're at. Amen. You say, say what is that? We, we have, have we fallen in love? Have we fallen in love with a counterfeit Jesus? Have we fallen in love with the Jesus that, that is made in our own likeness and our own image and the way we desire for him to be? Amen. And the knowledge that we've gained, and we say, oh, this is who Jesus is. This is what he does. This is how it is. Have we, have we, have we made Jesus? That, is that who we're worshiping today? 
Because I'm telling you, that's a counterfeit. That's a counterfeit. Are we, are we, are we worshiping you know, Yeshua the Christ? The man that's fully God and, and fully man. The God of the Bible. Are, are we worshiping him? Or just some figment of our imagination? And I'm telling you, church, if we... Because if we actually have an intimate relationship with anyone and not just have a knowledge about them or a knowledge of them, know the stories of them, listen, we, we come to the place that we'll trust anything they have to say. It doesn't matter how far off the wall it is. It doesn't matter what the circumstances look like around it, but we'll trust anything that comes out. Intimacy just needs a word. That's all it needs. It just needs a word. Amen. And it knows that it knows that it knows that that word that's spoken, it will come to pass. It knows that word that's spoken, it, it's trustworthy. It knows that all it has to do is just add its faith, add a little bit of faith to, to what that word is saying, and then you'll see exactly, exactly what was spoken to you. It's as simple as that. Intimacy is a it produces that knowing on the inside of us. It produces a knowing, it produces a seeing. It can reduce the seeing on the inside of us. And we see, when you see something on the inside of your church, this is when we can bring things into manifestation with our natural eyes. But many times we're going to have to see things with our, with our spirit, man, before you see it with the, in the natural. And listen, when the Lord started talking to me about this message here a couple weeks ago, I thought, you know, it was just going to be talking about not living by, not, not sitting there living by, uh, uh, walking by faith and not by sight. You, you know, I thought I was going to go in that direction, but he made an abrupt change this week. Amen. More to the fact, do you have to see? Because listen, church, I think we need to see. Amen. But we got to begin to see with our spirit. We got to see with our spirit, man, before we see, amen, with our eyes, amen. See, how many know you can actually see with your spirit? Even things you don't see with your natural eyes, you, you, can, you can see with your spirit. I'm telling you, we got to learn to get to that place where we trust what we see in our spirit. If you, you know, trust what you see with your spirit, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, if you're saved, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, you can, you can trust what you see with your spirit. Why? Because it's anointed, it's sealed with Holy Spirit. Amen. It's him giving you some direction, him giving you a leading, amen, to where he desires you to go, what he's desiring to, to come to fruition through you. Amen. But we, we got to begin to begin to, to see that not so much leaning on our carnal senses, not so much what you're seeing, not so much what you're tasting or hearing necessarily, but what you're, what you're seeing on the inside. Amen. Yeah, I'll mention that. Listen, this, this, is, this is why... <laughs> This, this is why I tell people when they come up and, and you know, they come, I don't know what it is. Ever since we come over here, it, it is so strange. People, they, they look at you when you're praying. So not everyone. I mean, not, not, obviously not the people that are in this room. Amen. But, but I've prayed for so many people when I come to Ireland. Amen. And you're sitting there, and I'm telling like the Holy Ghost is all on me. And, I, and my, my eyes are closed because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to sense him, seeing what he wants to say, seeing what he wants to do. And, and I open up my eyes, and they're sitting there staring right at me. I'm like, whoa. I mean, it completely almost gets me out of the spirit's like what in the world are you what are you looking at me for you know i mean i'm not gonna hit you you know i promise you i'm not gonna throw you to the ground or anything why are you staring at me you know but i say listen just close your eyes just close your eyes 
close your eyes and, and block out everything around you. Block all the circumstances around you. Block, block out everything around you and just begin to see him. Because listen, you need, to, you need to begin to see in your spirit, man. You need to allow your spirit to see yourself healed. You need to allow your spirit, man, to see yourself full of the Holy Ghost. You need to allow him to, to, to you know, see yourself full of peace and, and the goodness of God. Close your eyes and allow your, allow your spirit, man, to see it. When your spirit, man, sees it, then you can grab a hold of it. Amen. And bring a hold of it into the natural move it over into, into this natural realm. Amen. Well, listen, let's go, go with me here to, to John chapter 16. Now this is a, I find, I find these, these, these verses fascinating here. It says here in, in chapter 16 of John verse 16, it says in a little while, he says, you shall see, uh, you shall not see me again. And he says, and then a little while you're, you shall not see me because I'm going to the father. Now this is, this is coming right off the backside of Jesus saying, listen, I, I'm going to have to leave this place. It's very, very, very important for me to leave here. Cause if I don't leave here, I can't give you Holy spirit. How many of y'all know Jesus values Holy spirit? Amen. We ought to value Holy Spirit as much as Jesus values Holy Spirit. He thought it was so important that he said, listen, I got to exit the premises. I got it so I can redeem you guys and I can give you the gift. Amen. I can give you the promise. I can give you Holy Spirit. Amen. Then he proceeds on and says, listen, in a little while, you're not going to see me anymore. You're going to need Holy Spirit. You're not going to see me anymore. And he said, in a little while, you're going to see me again. And if you keep on going here, you'll, you'll find out here that the disciples, they started murmuring. They started like, what, what is he talking about? Why does he always talk like this? What does he mean that we're not going to see him and then we're going to see him again? And so Jesus comes and said, listen, you know, are, you, are you having troubles understanding what I'm talking about here? So in verse 22, Jesus, Jesus begins to talk to him. And he says, he goes, and you now therefore have sorrow. He goes, but I will see you again. And your heart shall rejoice, and, and your joy no man shall take from you. He goes, in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will do it for you. He will give it to you. He goes, up until now you've asked nothing in my name. He goes, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. He's saying, what is he talking about? He says, in that day, he goes, you're going to ask me for nothing. In that day, what? In the day that, that, that you won't see me, amen, but then you're going to see me again. In that day, amen, what are you going to do? You can't, you're not going to be able to ask me. You can't ask me to see what, what was going on here. See, the disciples, they really weren't asking God for things here. Why? Because they had God with them. Amen. So everywhere they were going, it was like, Jesus, what do you want to do here? Jesus, what do you want to do about this? Jesus, how are you going to feed the 5,000? Jesus, what are you going to do with this lame man? Jesus, what are you going to do about my wife? Jesus, what are you going to do about my mother-in-law? Je Jesus, what are you going to do about these? And Jesus was always the one, you know, fixing the problems for him every, every time. Why? Because Jesus will fix the brokenhearted 100% of the time. And maybe he says, listen, in that day, you're not going to ask me anything. What you're going to do, you're going to ask the Father. You're going to go directly to the Father. Amen. I'm giving you access, not just the priest. We're going to have it now. I'm making you a priesthood. You're going to be a royal priesthood yourself. And you can go directly to the Father. You can ask him. Just come to him in my name, being in union with me. And anything you ask, he's going to do it for you. It's, it's going to be powerful. It's going to be powerful. Amen. It's an amazing thing. And listen, church, that's the day we live in right now. But, but what was he talking about? What, that, that, that you're going to see me, you're not going to see me, because that's the day we need to know about, right? Because that's probably the day we're living in right now. We'll go back to verse 16 there, because this is what it all hinges on. You'll see two different words, see, there. Now, in the English, they both say see. Amen. But they're two different Greek words. Amen. So he says, in a little while, you shall not see. 
see me. Now that first see me, that you shall not see me, that's a, that's a Greek word, theoreo, and it means to gaze, to behold, he said, to I see, to experience, to discern, to partake of. He goes, it figuratively means to gaze, to gaze on for the purpose of analyzing like a theater. Meaning like you can, you're in a theater, you're in a cinema, you're watching a film, you're seeing these things with what? With your natural eyes. This is what he's trying to get across, right? So the Lord's saying, listen, in a little while, you're not going to see me. You're not going to see me. You're not going to see me with your natural eyes. You're not going to be able to put your natural eyes upon me in a little while. Why? Because he's going to go up to sit at the right hand of the Father. Amen. But he says, but in a little while, you shall see me. You shall see me. Now that next see me is the Greek word horeo. Amen. And that properly means to see, to look upon, to experience, to perceive, to discern, or to be aware of. Metaphorically, the lexicon says, it means to see with the mind, to spiritually see, to perceive with the inward spiritual perception. Amen. So why, why is this important? Jesus is revealing something to his disciples. I mean, he's saying, listen, in a little while, you're not going to see me with your natural eyes because I'm not going to be here. Amen. But, but in a little while, you are going to see me again. Amen. But you're not going to see me with these eyes. You're going to see me on the inside. You're going to see me with your, with your spiritual eyes. You're going to see me with, with something that's on the inside of you, not necessarily with, the, with, the, with your natural eyes. You say, why is that important? Because listen, church, I believe this is the f- uh, specific clue here for Jesus, you know, changing the perception of how, we, how, how these guys, how, how the disciples were to receive something. I mean, he started saying, now listen, in those days, in that day, listen, all you're going to do is you're going to begin to see something with your spirit, Amen. See it with your spirit, and then you're going to bring it to fruition in the natural. But you're going to have to see it with your spirit first. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to get more spiritually minded. Amen. You're going to have to learn to, to see and to, and, to, and to progress on the spiritual things if you want to bring some of these things into the natural. I'm telling you, church, we're going to have to become more spiritual people. Amen. We're, we're very carnal people. We're very sensual orientated. Amen. We, we, we feel everything. We see every taste. We, this, is, this is the way the world has trained us up to be. But, but we got to shift ourselves from that and become more spiritually sensitive, amen, to the things of God. Because this, this, is, this is what makes everything. This is, this, is, this is the things that create. This is where your healing is. This is where you know, your peace is. This is where your prosperity is. This is where everything God has lined up. But it's all lined up in the spiritual. Amen. We got to get in tuned with that. Why? Because if we can see it in the spirit first, I promise you, church, you're going to bring it into the natural. But you got to see it with the real you. I'm telling you, we don't need to be trusting everything you see with your eyes. You don't need to be trusting everything you hear with your ears. But you can trust what you see by the spirit, by the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of us, right? So listen, let's go. Let's, let's go here. Yeah, we got, we got a little bit of time here. I think I can get through this. Let's go, let's go through John chapter 9. And this is another amazing example here that the Lord has shown me here of how we see it first in the spirit and then we'll see it again in our natural eyes. Now listen, I'm, let, me, let me, if you'll permit me, I'm gonna, I don't even know, why, why, do, why do we even have to ask for permission to read a lot of scripture? I mean, it's like asking for permission for people to get healed in church nowadays. I mean, this, this stuff is, is mental. 
Amen. We're going to read through this chapter, most likely. We may, you know, cut out a few bits and pieces, but let's, let's read through it because it's hard to kind of skip, you know, little, little parts of it to where, um, you know, I won't, I won't teach on every single verse, I promise. Amen. But let's, let's just go ahead and start here in verse, nine, uh, verse 1. Excuse me. It says in Jesus, in chapter 9 of John, it says Jesus passed by and he saw a man which was blind from his birth. He was born blind. And his disciples asked him, he said, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus said, neither. He said, neither, that this man had sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God shall be made manifest. Amen. Now listen, these guys are much like the modern church. Amen. They, they, they saw something with the carnal eyes. They saw something and then they immediately allowed knowledge to get put in place. Why they saw this man that was crippled. They know only, only sickness comes from the curse of the law. How is this man, you know, blind from his birth? I mean, what, what happened to him? Who sinned? Either is his mother or, or did he sin himself? And Jesus, see, Jesus isn't like, like most men. He isn't like any man. Let me put it to you that way. Why? He doesn't see by the natural eyes. He always sees things by the spirit. And because he sees things by the spirit, he begins to do some amazing things in the natural. Amen. But he always was being led by Holy Spirit. Amen. And so what did Jesus say? He said, neither. Everyone say neither. I mean, he says, neither, neither. It wasn't, it wasn't the parent's sin nor his sin, amen, that made this come upon him. You say, well, what, what in the world does that mean? It wasn't the parents didn't commit a sin that brought this onto their child. He said, nor did this, did this uh, child or this baby, this infant in the womb sin. I mean, there's people that believe that babies will sin and they, they become an iniquitous in the womb. I'm telling you, it's absolute rubbish, rubbish. And even some of these Jews back in these days, a lot of them would have believed in reincarnation. Amen. That maybe he, he committed some sin in the past and this, is, and this is what happened. Well, Jesus cut that off. He said, no, no, it wasn't because his parents sinned. It wasn't because he sinned as a child that he was born. He was born this away. Amen. Now, now <laughs> let, 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 me, let, me just, let me just push this in there. Listen, there is a law according to the word that says, you know, that the, that the, the wage of sin is death. Amen. Now listen, church, if we want to play Satan's game, if we want to play with the things that he, that he wants us to play with, listen, church, you're going to receive his consequences. Amen. This, 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 this is scriptural. Amen. That's why we don't play with sin. We don't play with the things of the world. We don't play. No, we, we, we seek after his presence. We seek after the kingdom and everything so we can receive the consequences of the kingdom. Amen. Because there is a wage. Amen. But regardless, regardless, it doesn't matter how perfect you are. It doesn't matter how holy you are. It doesn't matter if you pray a hundred times a day. It doesn't matter if you have the whole Bible memorized. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're so intimate with the Lord that, that you, that you're getting words of wisdom, words of knowledge and amazing things happen. I'm going to tell you one thing, just as Jesus says, listen, we live in a fallen world with a fallen devil and he's coming after you anyhow. He's coming after you anyhow. I mean, it's not, it's not necessarily just because you sin. Now, now you sin, I can promise you something's coming. Amen. But, but, just, but just because you are living a good life doesn't mean Satan's not coming after you because he's coming. Why? Because he doesn't play fair, church. He, he doesn't play fair. I'm telling you, he's a crook. He's a liar. He's a manipulator. He is the destroyer. Amen. He has one mode, one method of operation. You say, what is that? He's coming to steal, to kill, and destroy. He's coming to steal the word out of your life. 
I mean, he's coming to get you to doubt what Jesus has said, what Jesus has done for you. He's coming to get you to doubt that. Why? Because then he can begin to kill your relationships. He can begin to isolate you. And when he isolates you away from the kingdom, away from the things of God, then he's coming to destroy you. Then he's coming to take your life. Then he's coming to take your children's life. This, this is how he operates. I'm telling you, he's never changed since the beginning. He's never changed since the beginning. We just got to get to that place where we trust, we trust in the word. We trust him. Amen. But listen, I'm going to tell you something. If, if you have Satan coming after you, if you have one of his little devils, one of his minions coming after you, he's coming after your family, he's coming after your kids. Listen, church, you can have no fear. You can have no fear. Why? Because of this little word right here, this but. Amen. I'm telling you, I love, I love holy buts. Amen. I'm no, no pun intended in there. I love, I love a holy butt in the word. Amen. Because Jesus says, listen, listen, no, no, it wasn't because of his parents. No, it wasn't because of him. No, no, they didn't sin. But he says, but that the works of God should be made manifest in his life. Say, so, oh man, I got this coming up. I got, I got this coming. Listen, we don't have to have fear in those. Why? Because, because the works of God will be made manifest in your life. I mean, it's, it's a guarantee, but what are we going to do? We, we have to see those things. We got, we got to stop being so sensitive to the things that are going on in the natural around us and become more sensitive, amen, to what Jesus has done in the spirit, who he is in the spirit, amen. And when we see those things, we'll, we'll see that victory. We see that victory in the spirit. Listen, church, you're going to see that victory come in the natural. A hundred percent of the time, amen. Now listen here. In verse four, it says, he goes, I, he goes, I must do the works of him that sent me. While it is a day, the night's coming, he goes, when no man can work. He goes, as long as I am in the world, he goes, I am the light of the world. And when he thus spoke in this, he spat on the ground. <laughs> when he said this, he spat on the ground. And he anointed the eyes of the blind with the clay. And he said to him, now go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. And he went his way, therefore, and he washed. And then he came seeing. Then he washed and he came seeing. Now, now I love that this, this guy, he went, he washed. He went, he washed, and then he came back seeing. He went, he washed, and then he came back seeing. Now, I don't know, I don't know about you guys. Amen. But listen, if you, if you hear someone spitting and you can't see anything, and you see someone spit, amen, and you feel something wet on your face, amen, what's going to happen? 99.9% .9 of the people nowadays are going to get offended. Amen. They're going to get offended. They're going to get a little bit upset. And what's going to happen? They're going to walk off and they're not going to receive what God has for them. Right? You want me to prove this? Here, come up here. No, <laughs> just, just joking. But I'm telling you, it, this is the absolute truth. But see, when we, when we, when we don't see, when, we, when we're so sensitive to the things going on in the natural, amen, what happens? Strife immediately comes up. Offense immediately comes up. Amen, what happens? You're going to walk away and you're going to miss what God has for you. You're going to miss what God has for you. Amen, you say, well, how did, how did, this, how did this blind man become so obedient Amen to the things of God. How, how did he become so obedient to where he just, he walked off and, and received, he washed in this pool and, and he came back saying, how did those things happen? Because he wasn't as sensitive to the things in the natural going on around him. I mean, see, it's not because he didn't hear him spit. I mean, I see, I've heard a lot of people, oh, well, the blind man, he probably just didn't hear him say, no, no, no. When you hear someone go <laughs> on the ground and then you feel wet stuff on your face, you know exactly what just took place. You knew exactly what just took place, but he wasn't yielding unto that. 
He wasn't yielding to that. Why? Because he was seeing something by the Spirit. Amen. So allowing his senses to be, instead of yielding to allowing his senses to be repulsed, amen, he allowed his spiritual eyes to be opened where he could see something. I mean, he began to see himself being healed. He saw, he saw Jesus. He saw him. This is the Savior. Amen. And he's not spitting on the ground and then rubbing it on my face. No, no, no. He's anointing me. He's anointing these eyes. I'm telling you, you know, what do doctors say? They say you can, you know, if someone's blind, most of their other, most of their other senses become very acute. They become very sensitive. So, so they can probably hear really well. I mean, he could probably smell Jesus's breath from the spit coming on his face. But he didn't allow that to repulse him. He allowed a spirit man to give him what he was receiving. Now, check this out. I, I love this. It says that he sent him to the pool of Siloam. So he could have sent him to many different pools. There's many different pools around the temple. He could have sent him all, to all different kinds of places. But he sent him to the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. You say, why is that important? Because listen, when he, when he sent this blind man, he says, listen, if you have enough faith, if you have enough faith, if you will see by the spirit and have enough faith to grab a hold of what, of what you're desiring right now, I'm going to send you to the pool called sent. Why? Because I want you to be an apostolic, I want you to be an apostolic voice going into the Pharisees, amen, to tell them exactly what took place in your life. So he sent him to this place and allowed, and he allowed God to do amazing work in his life. Amen. How many of y'all know, how many of the things that, 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 that God does in our life, they're not to be hidden, not to be kept underneath a, a, a bed. They're not to be kept in the closet. I mean, God will do some amazing things in your life, but, but he's doing those things so you can reveal them to people around you. I mean, so you can, so you can show that, that there is a God that loves you. There's a God that desires you. There's a God that wants you. And I'm proof of it. This is what he did for me. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. Amen. And Jesus was given that opportunity, sent him to the, the pool called sent, the apostolic pool. Drake be sent to go ministry things to the harshest of religious leaders. Amen to the Pharisees. And we're about to see that here in a minute. He says to him in verse eight, the neighbors, all the people that are around, they came, therefore, they were seeing him. They saw this man that was blind and said, is this someone that's blind? And some said, no, oh, uh, isn't this someone that begged? And some said, no, 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 I don't, I don't think this is him. It looks like him. But he said, no, it's me. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's definitely me. And therefore, they send him, well, how were your eyes open? And he answered, he said, there's a man called Jesus. He made clay. He anointed my eyes. And he said unto me, go into the pool of Siloam and wash. I went and washed, and I received my sight. And then, and then, as they said unto him, where is he? And he says, I don't know. You know, why, why didn't he know where he was at? Because his eyes were blind. He was sent off blind. Amen. But as he was obedient to the things of God, obedient, amen, to what the Lord asked him to do, amen, this is when he received his miracle. Amen. Then he came back seeing, so he had no clue where Jesus was. And in verse 14, it says, and, and it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. I love how Jesus always did things on the Sabbath. He always was pointing a finger at the religious leaders, wasn't he? And then verse 15, then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he received his sight. And he said to them, you know, he put, this man put, he put clay in my eyes and I washed and now I do see. Therefore, said some of the Pharisees, this man is not of God. 
Because he doesn't, he doesn't keep the Sabbath. And others said, oh, how can, how, can this man, uh, how can this man be a sinner that does these kind of miracles? And there was division brought amongst them. You know, you know why? Because there's a, a group of them saying, man, this guy can't be of God. He healed on the Sabbath. Amen. How dare that man do something that we didn't give him permission to do? And if you're going to come in our church, you're going to do things exactly the way we say you're going to do it. And if not, we're going to say you're of the devil. And this is what the religious leaders were pounding on them, pounding on them, pounding on them. Why? Because Jesus didn't get their permission. Mm. In verse 17, he says, Then said the blind man unto him, Then said unto the blind man again, What saith you of him? that he opened your eyes. He said, oh, he's a prophet. The blind man said, oh, he's a prophet. But the Jews, they did not believe him concerning these things. Uh, they didn't, they, now they didn't believe that he was blind and that he received his sight until they called the parents unto him that, re, that, re, he, that he received the sight. I, I find that absolutely fascinating. Why didn't they believe him? Because he didn't give the right testimony. He didn't give the right testimony. Like, see, they, the, the Pharisees are wanting him to say, oh, that man's of the devil. And then, you know what, probably they all would rejoice. Oh, glory to God. We're so thankful you, you got your eyesight. Amen. But at least you admitted where it came from. Amen. I mean, you know, my, my, my pastor, you know, early on in his ministry, well, probably not early on, probably in the first decade of his ministry, he was, he was at, uh, at, a, at a Holy Ghost meeting, and, and there was an amazing move of the Spirit in there, and there was this, there was this little girl. You know, what, what, uh, what are the people that, that walk on the crutches and they have braces and stuff? Is that, do they have MS? Is that what that might be? Does anyone know? Yeah, well, well, one of those two. She, she had something like that, but she had all those braces on, and she could she could barely walk with with those crutches. And and she came up to to receive healing. Amen. And and, and Pastor laid his hands on her. She immediately sat down, started stripping off all these braces, and took off running around around the around the uh, the, the sanctuary. It's an amazing miracle that took place. Well, she was a little Baptist girl, and she went back to her Baptist church, and 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 the, and the Baptist pastor they said, you know, that that man didn't heal you. God doesn't do that. What he did is he tricked your mind, amen, to make you think you're healed. Amen. I, I don't know about you, but someone can trick my mind to make me walk, amen. I think I'll, I'll let my mind get tricked, amen. But you know what happened? As soon as these religious leaders start, start pointing, oh, God doesn't do these things. No, 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 God doesn't do these things. Why? Because he hadn't done it to me. He can't do it to you, amen. What happened? Within six weeks, she had all those braces back on, all those braces back on, walking back, walking them again. It's a terrible church. Lost their miracle. Amen. Why? Because of leadership. I'm telling you, church, we, we be mindful. We better be mindful of the leadership we decide to set ourselves under. Amen. I'll move on from there. Hallelujah. So they called his parents and, and they, they said to them, saying, is, it, is this your son who was born blind? And then now he does see, and his parents answered him and said, we, we know that this is our son. We know that he was born blind, but, but the means of, of how he now sees, man, we, we don't know. We don't know what opened his eyes. We, we know not, but he is of age. Ask him. Ask him, and he can speak for himself. These words spoke the parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews agreed already that, that if anyone did confess that, that Jesus was the Christ, that they should be kicked out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. He is of age, ask him. Now, I can't go, I can't go past this without just you know, talking on, on this for a second. Now, why, why was there such a fear of these parents, amen, to, to, to protect their child? 
Amen. Protect their child when, when the viciousness of religion was coming after them. Because, you know, you know they, they were desiring to either kick them out. They're desiring to stone them. They're desiring to do something. Just waiting for them to trip up. Why? So they can destroy that man. Amen. Now, what happened? These parents, they, they, they got pushed back. Amen. They got pushed back. They're, 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 they're cowering down to, to enough. They said, oh, you know, go, go, go talk to him and stuff. I, I'm not, I'm not going to answer for him. I'm not going to answer for him. Why? Because they're scared to get kicked out of the synagogue. They're scared, they're, they're scared to get kicked out of the church. Why? Because these religious leaders had, they held them hostage, amen, to their own righteousness and salvation. You say, why is that? Because under the, under the law, they need to go offer up sacrifices. They need to go to the temple X amount of times. Why? So they, so they could offer up sacrifices on themselves. So they could receive repentance. They could see their covering up, amen, of their sin. And now at the, and at the Pharisees and the Sadducees are saying, nope, nope, you can't come in here if you don't do what we say you're going to do. What happened? They're, they're, gonna, they're held hostage to, to their own salvation. They, they, get, they got in fear. They got in fear and said, no, 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 we're not going to speak for him. If anyone's going to get him, maybe you're going to have to kick out him. Maybe you're going to have to stone him. Maybe you get, he's the one that's causing the problems. You, you go talk to him. I mean, where, where do we get into a place that we, allow, that we allow religion to intimidate us, to manipulate us, to control us? I'm going to tell you, church, you know, just like we said this, I don't know, probably a couple weeks ago, but listen, intimidation, manipulation, and control, listen, that is the calling card of the occult. That's the calling card of witchcraft. Amen. Don't you, don't allow things to control you. Don't allow spirit to control you. Don't allow religion to control you, to manipulate you, to, to force you in a direction. No, no, we need to be controlled by and possessed by Holy Spirit. Amen. Not, not by some man. Hello. Not, not by some man. Now, I'm not saying we don't need leadership in the church. Listen, God, God places leadership in the church, and thank God for him. I need leadership in my own life. Amen. But we, but we, need, we need to allow a little bit of freedom, amen, to, to take place, amen, to we're, not, to we're not abandoning our children and leaving them to hang out to dry just because they had an encounter with God. Hmm? Just because he had an encounter with God, he got hung out to dry. I mean, I'm telling you, we cannot permit those things to happen. It ain't going to happen in this house. I and mean, it's not going to happen with this family. I and mean, we, we have got to do a job of protecting this next generation. I'm telling you, if, if we can't protect them to, to have the next encounter with God, who's going to protect it? I promise you, religion's not. I mean, that's our job. I mean, we need, we, need, we need to make the atmosphere amenable so they can get a touch from heaven. Why? Why? Because they, they got a mission too. It's just not just us. Amen. We got to protect these things. And what, how do we do those things? Listen, we got we to push back against what we see in the natural. Amen. We better start being able to come to the place we can see in the spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Parents said, ask him. He's of age. So what did they do? They, they turned again to the man. They turned again to the blind man and said to him, give, give God. And they said, give God the praise. We, we know this man is a sinner. And he answered him and said, whether he's a sinner or not, he goes, this I don't know. He goes, what I do know is that I was blind. He goes, but now I see. That I do know. And they, they said to him again, Where did the, uh, what, did, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered and said, I've already told you these things, but you're not listening to me. Amen. You already have your mind made up. You're not, you're not listening to me. He goes, Where, wherefore do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciple? Just kind of stir in the pot. Stir in the pot there. I mean, because he, he could see, he could see, he knew, he knew which direction this was going. And he says, and then they reviled him. They said, he said, you're his disciple, we're Moses' disciple. We know that God, we know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we, we don't know. We don't know from where he is. And then this is, this is the wisdom of the, of the man sent with an apostolic mission. 
He started giving them a, a word of wisdom, not a spiritual glyph of wisdom, but just a wisdom from Holy Spirit that's on the inside of them. He said, the man answered him and said, why herein, this is a marvelous thing, that you not know where this man is from. And yet he opened my eyes. He goes, now we know that God hears not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. And since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? Isn't that absolutely amazing? He goes, but since the world began, there's never been one testimony of a guy that had no eyes in his socket, that had, that had no ability to see from the womb. We've never heard once that God, that someone has opened up these man's, uh, a, man, a blind man's eyes like this. He goes, and if God were not, and if this man were not of God, he goes, he could do nothing. And they answered him and said, we all together know you were born in sins. And this, and this how, and this how it goes when, when people disagree with you. You know, you don't have, you don't have a word from God yourself. So what do you do? You just try to put people down, right? So, oh, shut up. Who are you talking to? You're just born in your sins anyhow. You're born in your sins anyhow. Who do, who do you think you can teach us? And what they do? They kicked him out. They gave him the boot. They kicked him out. I mean, it amazes me the pride of man. How we'll exalt ourselves over the perceived sins of others like we've never done anything ourselves. Amen. It's absolutely amazing. Amen. Religion, it'll always continue to be blind. It will continually be blind. Amen. And what was the result of that? It will begin to perform character assassinations on people that it comes in contact with that's not in agreement with them. Let me finish up here. It says in verse 35, so Jesus heard that he got kicked out. And when he found him, he said to him, do you believe on the Son of God? And he answered him and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he that's talking to you. And he, and he said, Lord, I believe. And he got down on his face, on the feet of Jesus, and he began to worship. And he began to worship. I love that. Jesus says, Listen, you've, you've seen him, and he's also the one that's talking to you. What was Jesus doing here? He was giving them confirmation. He was giving him confirmation and giving him permission to say, listen, what you saw in the spirit is being revealed in you the natural by the one that's speaking to you right now. You say, why do I say that? Because listen, that, that, that word, he says, you have both seen him. How did he see him? He's, he's never saw him before. He didn't have eyes. He couldn't see. Well, this is that Greek word horeo again. And what, what does that word mean? It means to see with the mind, to spiritually see, to perceive with the inward perception. So what was Jesus? Jesus saying, listen, you may not have seen with your natural eyes because your natural eyes were closed. He goes, but I knew you could see by the Spirit. You could see me by the Spirit. And now you've seen me by the Spirit. And yes, now in the natural, I am that one. I am that one. Amen, that's talking to you. Or you could say it like this. You know, uh, you, you have seen me with your spiritual eyes, but now faith is ignited, ignited for you to see in the natural. But faith is ignited for you can see these things in the natural. Church, I'm telling you, we, we got to come to this place. We got to come to this place that, that we, don't, we don't trust, that we don't rely on our natural eyes, amen, to lead us, to guide us, and direct us on things. We need to get so spiritually in tune with our spiritual eyes that we allow it to lead us to where we can see things in the natural coming. Amen. Why? Because, because listen, you know, if, if we can see by the Spirit, 
it's going to become that foundation to, for everything that you see in the natural. You say, what is that foundation? That foundation is Jesus. I mean, if we can see him by the Spirit, I'm telling you, everything that he's promised you, this, this is where it's going to come from. I mean, it's easy to receive when you can see. But we not, not, not see with these eyes, but see with this. So do we have to see before we can believe it? Listen, church, I'm telling you, you might want to see it. Amen, but not with, your, not with your natural eyes, but you need to see it with your spiritual eyes. Get so in tune with his word. Get so in tune with what the Holy Ghost is sharing with you Lord, that you begin to see his plans. You see your destiny. You see what he has for you. You see yourself laying hands on that person and them getting healed. You see you, you leading your, your, your child, your son, your daughter to the Lord. You see your husband coming. You see him. I mean, you see someone getting redeemed. You see, you see these things by the spirit, amen, and then you follow the dance. You follow the dance and allow him to lead you, to guide you to where these things will come to the natural through you. I mean, it's amazing. Y'all got a second? Y'all got a second for a testimony? Not, not with me, but of, a, of an old minister. I find this absolutely amazing. And the Lord just prompted me on this. There was a, there was a man named A.A. A. Allen, if y'all have ever heard of him, back in the U.S. He was one of the, the healing evangelists in the, in the healing revival back in the U.S. in the 50s and 60s. This man had an amazing anointing of the Holy Ghost to come upon him to heal people. But he always saw it by the Spirit. He'd get a word of knowledge, amen, and it would be a spot-on, perfect word of knowledge, amen, and he'd call these things out, and these people, amazing miracles would take place. Well, R.W. Shambach, which, which is another, you know, another one of these guys, he worked for A. Allen at this time, and he, he was his worship leader, and, he, and, he, and he's the one telling this story, and he, he tells a story about it, they're, they're at a tent meeting, amen, there was this lady that had a, that had a son, a, a child that was very much so deformed, had club feet, couldn't move, no eyes, couldn't hear, and couldn't speak, and bad, bad condition, Amen. And he came, she, you know, she was sitting there and she was there, I think for two or three nights out of this tent meeting and, and she was out of money. Amen. She had $20 left and, and she came up to R.W. Shambach. She said, listen, can you, can you take me to the man of God? Can you take me to the minister so, so that he can pray for my son? Cause I came, you know, a hundred or so miles over here. And I only got $20 left. I don't have enough money for another hotel. You know, I, I just need, I just have 20 bucks to give me enough fuel to get home. Amen. He said, listen, if he doesn't call you out tonight, I'll, I'll bring you to him. You can, you can, uh, he'll pray for you in his, in his trailer, you know, after, after the service. And she says, okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, well that next service that night, you know, you know, the Holy ghost is moving. He preaches the word like he always does. And then, and then they, you know, uh, I, I think he took up an offering or something like that. And, and, uh, when he took up the offering, he saw, he saw this lady coming up with that last 20 bucks she had in her hand, the money for her to get home. And she came up and she laid it in that offering. And then she went back to her seat. And when she got back to her seat, you know, R.W. Shambach said, he, he, call, he called it like A.A. Allen would go on a trip. Amen. His eye, he just shut his eyes and he just got in the spirit. And he started talking. He said, oh, he goes, I see a lady. I see a lady in a car. She's in, in this color car and she's driving down the road. I see in the back seat that she has, that she has a child. Man, the child looks very deformed. You know, she, you know, the child, what does it have? What does that Lord has? One, no, 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 two, no, no, 10, no, 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 has 26 diseases, 26 diseases. And he started naming them off exactly what, uh, exactly what this child had. And he says, and I, and I see, and she, she's driving down the road. She's going down this motorway. She's, she's coming, she's coming, she's coming. Oh my Lord, she, she's turning in this parking lot. She just pulled up to the tent. She goes, where, where is this lady? Where are you? She lifted up her hand. Amen. And he said, bring that child unto me. And he grabbed hold of that child and he started walking and praying. 
and worshiping God. And he said, everyone close your eyes. <laughs> and our, uh, it's hilarious to hear R.W. Shambach tell it because he's like, man, there's no way I was closing my eyes. Not a chance I was closing my eyes. I wanted to see exactly what was going to take place. He said as he, as he just held that baby, that, that young child, that toddler, I guess it would be, close to him. He's sitting there praying, praying, praying in the spirit, you know, you know, you know, just praying, you know, getting intimate with God. He said as, he, as he's sitting there praying, all of a sudden you start hearing crack, 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 crack. Those legs, poof, start, started popping out. Arms started popping out. And then he said as I looked, I looked in the eyes of that child. And that child that had nothing but a cavity in, in the eyes. He said, oh you, oh, you start seeing a swirl. You start seeing a swirl. And then two beautiful blue eyes popped in that, that baby's eyes. And then the baby sat him down. She started, he started walking over to his mother. Absolutely amazing. How did those things take place? He saw them by the Spirit. How do, you, how do you know that God was going to do this? Because I'm telling you, you go, you go take a child like that, you, be, you better know. You better know that God's going to operate on your behalf. How did, how did he know these things? He saw it. He saw it. Church, we got to get to that place where we see it. And we see things on the inside. Because I'm telling you, Jesus, Jesus is real. Holy Spirit's real. Amen. If we'll open up our spirit to hear from him, if we'll open up our spirit to, to, to rely on him. Listen, church, I'm telling you, he will, he will change your life forever. And not only change your life, he'll begin to change the lives of the people around you. Amen. But we got to begin to see. We got to begin to see with our spirits. Amen. Amen. Let's pray and we'll close up out of here. So, Father, we thank you. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for your kindness. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this invitation. It seems like you're just an, another invitation after invitation that you're inviting us into a place of intimacy. Inviting us in a place to know you better. Inviting us in a place that we can trust you. Inviting us to a place that, that we can see you. But not with our natural senses, the things that are fighting against you, Lord, but that we'll see you with our spirit, man. So, Holy Spirit, I, I ask that you, you reveal yourself to each and every one of us. Draw us unto you. Woo us into the prayer closet. Woo us into that, that place of intimacy and prayer, Lord, that we, can, that we can begin to trust you so much more than what we're feeling, so much more than what we're tasting, so much more than what that we see with these natural eyes and these natural carnal senses, or that we'll be so convinced that, Lord, if you say, jump, Lord, we, we can begin to fly. If you say, walk on water, Lord, we can begin to walk. Because we're so in tune, so intimate with the living God. Lord, we thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your presence. May we not take you for granted. May we not get bored with you. May we not get bored with your word. May we not get bored with your kingdom. But may we get sold out. Lord, we thank you, Lord. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this church. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this church. We thank you for the foundation in this church. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your presence, Lord, that makes this church. So we take a hold of Psalms 91, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We, are, we see ourselves healed. 
we already know it. We see ourselves prospered, we already know it. When we see ourselves protected, we know it. So we thank you for it, Lord. We glorify you for it. Hmm. We walk out of here as your ambassadors, full of power, full of grace, full of love, full of your spirit. Thank you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by your blood. We are empowered by your word, and we are anointed by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.